Hello, and thank you for joining us for our COSIDA Professional Development and Education Committee programming. As today, we'll talk to three other uh, athletic communications professionals about their experiences and something that a lot of us in the industry have dealt with over the last year, and that is changes in staffing, furloughs, layoffs, and how that has impacted our profession and impacted many of the people within our profession. We are joined today by Brian Morales, Director of Media Relations at Wagner College. Katie Mucci, Assistant Commissioner for New Media and Technology at the Missouri Valley Conference. And Nate Smith, Director of Athletic Communications at Alfred University. Thank you everyone for joining us. I am Miles McQuiggan, Director of Athletic Communications at St. Francis University of Pennsylvania. I wanna jump right into this, You know, talk about how a really sensitive and serious topic has affected so many of us in the profession. And starting with you, Nate, uh, just talking about you know, being furloughed and being out of the office and then not having that opportunity to really set yourself up for the start of the year. Yeah, I'll actually start my journey in October, 2019. So I came to Alfred University from Skidmore College, took, I'm a first time director in this role and uh, hadn't really had the chance to kind of finish out a year. I got hired in October, 2019, the pandemic comes in, in earnest in March, 2020. And then I get uh, furloughed in about April, a month later, a month and a half later in April. Uh, so it's been kind of a slog. I I use that furlough time to kind of, uh, you know, never really had an opportunity to kind of relax during the summer or in the early um, fall area time. So I just kind of relaxed and did a lot of walks and, and all that stuff. But uh, when August hit, I was ready to come back and I was short staffed for that first semester since we weren't having any contests during the fall. Uh, so it was just myself and I was training a GA on um, just kind of getting used to everything and, and learning kind of the ins and outs of our profession. So when um, January came and I got my full-time assistants back, got my ability, ability to hire my student workers back, uh, then came a cavalcade of, of games. We had to, we're playing all of our seasons in one about eight week span. So it's been quite a ride to say the least, but you know, just taking it things week by week. And it's, it's interesting just kind of learning what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, um, kind of learning that real fast in this time period, just finished. So I'm a little bit underdressed, just finished a softball double header where I had to do PA and stats. So that was a lot of fun, but um, yeah, it's been, it's been quite a ride. And just not really having that time to kind of get ready and, and, and get everything settled before a quick season started. I think that's something that a lot of us have talked about, you know, whether in our current roles or preparing for this or talking with other people in our conferences and colleagues, of just really how important that preparation time is. And really, you know, our job doesn't start two hours before game time. It doesn't start on Labor Day weekend. And kind of just the importance that we need going forward as a profession to convey. This is a job that requires us to have the opportunity to prepare ourselves for success and prepare our student athletes and coaches for success year round. Absolutely. And I don't want to make it seem like, um, you know, I'm thankful for the opportunities I've had, like being a director jobs do not grow on trees. So I'm thankful for that opportunity. And, you know, just trying to make the most of this, you know, kind of year and a half, uh, span, but it has been it has been a difficult role just trying to learn about myself as a leader at the same time as trying to deal with the ins and outs of dealing with you know living in a pandemic. So it has been 
an interesting journey for me, but you know, I'm just making the most of it. Again, taking it day by day, week by week, learning, you know, kind of a lot of things about myself in the process. And Nate, yeah, just to go off that, obviously in my situation where I jumped in mid pandemic to uh, lead an office and it's definitely, you know, I, I joke with a couple, Brian, I joke with Katie and a couple other friends, you know, it's definitely not the year you would choose to learn the ins and outs of running an office, but it is an incredible opportunity when you do get to that point. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head with making the most of it. So, uh, Brian Morales from Wagner College. And Brian, you're someone you've been at Wagner, uh, I believe this is year seven now as uh, the head of that, as in that office at Wagner College on Staten Island. And you've been the director there for a few years now. Kind of, in your situation, just walk me through kind of the last year and how that's played out for you. Well, the last year has been, like, like Nate said, it, it was time to, you know, I got furloughed in May, uh, May 16th. It was right after our baseball season had particularly been canceled. So I was doing a couple of little things and then I knew that the clock was kind of running out. So it was almost like I had a internal clock saying, okay, what are you gonna do when it's Monday, May 16th? So, you know, I, I guess it, it, it took a little bit of a toll with me because I was, I've always been the, the type of person to work hard and, you know, just it, day in, day out grind. So to take a, a time off for any reason, uh, personal, family, didn't matter. It, it really didn't sit well with me. Um, so basically May 18th came and I was a little bit upset. You know, I talked to my friends, um, talked to my family, and I said, you know, what do I do? Um, how do I, how do I get through this? And they said, listen, whatever you do, whatever you, what, however long you're going to be furloughed, we, you know, you can come to us, you can talk to us, we support you. But um, I said, yeah, but this doesn't sit right with me. I, it's May 18th. I have media guides that I need to do. Um, yeah, the baseball season just ended. Let me recap for soccer. Uh, football's coming up in August, but, you know, the way that the world worked, we didn't know what that was going to look like. So the two weeks, it took me about two weeks to kind of adjust to that. And I said, you know what, you got to make, you got to make a decision for yourself. You need to see what else is out there. And like Nate said, that, that was kind of a time where I really sat down and I said, what's the next step for, for me? Um, so I decided that, you know, I was going to help around the house more. Uh, learned how to cook a little bit, um, not, you know, took care of some personal health stuff. Um, but the one that I really was proud of during this time that I got to do was to go back to school because it was something that I always had on the back burner. You know, I have my master's degree and I said, you know what, if I ever get the chance to go back and try to do something for me, maybe it's not in um, communications, it's in something totally different, but maybe not outside the realm. So what I did, I looked, I researched, basically felt like a grad student all over again. And I applied for um, a, a graduate certificate program, which I'm in my third uh, semester right now uh, at Drexel University in NCAA compliance. So I guess, you know, um, this time, you know, I took to self-evaluate for me. And I said, you know what, just start looking at what you're gonna do when the pandemic ends, uh, and where you see yourself down the line. You know, Brian, I think you, you make a good point. 
on kind of finding these moments to improve your health, whether it be your physical, your emotional, your, your mental health, your career health. And uh, to be honest, Brian, you know, we talked about it when, uh, when you went back to school and I looked at going back to school and you were someone who was a huge inspiration in that for me. And I, I think finding, as weird as it sounds, finding some of those silver linings in what we've all faced the last year has allowed us to all kind of improve in our own lives and also help improve our employers. And that's where I kind of want to go um, to Katie on this about the topic of, you know, finding ways to make sure we're advocating for ourselves and making sure we're taking care of ourselves. You know, this has been a year that has been not just in COVID and not just in college athletics, a, a trying year uh, throughout our, our country and our world. And um, I think we're an industry of people sometimes that uh, tends to put ourselves on the back burner and find, okay, but I got to take care of this recap. I got to take care of this graphic. And we sometimes collectively as an industry forget about ourselves a little bit. And I think Katie, you know, as we were preparing for this and talking about this, brought up some good points about ways we can advocate to our employers. And Katie, I want to bring you in to talk about that. Sure. Yeah. I think the one thing that gets lost a lot is we all talk about how stressed we are and how busy our jobs are, but we're literally living through a hundred year pandemic. Like we, this is not, it's not just a normal year where we're all stressed because we always are, but we are living through a time when there are over half a million people who've lost their lives. And I think you forget that sometimes because you're so busy with this work and it's like, that's a huge added emotional, huge added emotional object in your life that you're trying to do and then also work constantly. And so I think that's one of the things that a lot of people in our office, we, we really had like sort of a come to Jesus moment at one of our tournaments recently, where we all said, we can't do what we're doing anymore. You know, we have people in our, in our office who are talking about their marriages are suffering right now. Their kids are upset with them because of how much they're working or how much they're devoting their time to work and not their own life. And I think we realized that's not good because as a lot of us like to say, like, if something were to happen to you or you were to, if you were to leave, they're going to fill your job, you know? And I think that's one of the big things that we all realized. And I have such good senior staff that all of us like acknowledged it. And our senior staff sat down and they're like, okay, what can we do about this? Because our staff works so hard and they're, it's hard. And I'm one of those people who has a very hard time taking a day off. Like Brian was talking about, it's just not in my nature. I work in social media. I'm used to working from sun up to sundown or from when I wake up to when I go to sleep and at least checking on things. And it's just not in my nature to stop working. Um, and our staff said, well, you know, what we have to do is basically force you not to work. So we, a lot of our staff got furloughed in the fall. Um, and then we have kind of termed a new thing called the reverse furlough in our office where um, you are essentially the outcome of a furlough where you can check your email, you can't respond to things, you can't do any of that, but it's a paid holiday. Um, but you're also not using your own vacation days, which is nice. Um, and they basically said, everyone has to take a minimum of five of them in the short term. You're not pushing this off till the summer. You're not adding this to your summer vacation. We're having an issue right now and we need to solve this right now. Um, and so they more or less, and you don't have to take it five days in a row. It was, you know, if you want to take a Friday off or if you can't take Fridays off because Fridays are busy with conference play, take a Wednesday off, take a half day on Wednesday and Thursday. Some way to get 40 hours of paid unplug time in and for me like I said I work in social it's hard to take a day off I said how about I don't start working till noon on days when we have games till 10 p.m how about I start working at two or three or something or I only work the night that day or something 
and um, just trying to come up with solutions and our staff's been so flexible and um, but it all started with us going to our senior staff and saying we're not okay right now like we have like I said we have people whose marriages are suffering their kids are unhappy and we went to them and we said this something needs to happen or we're going to leave people are going to leave you're going to lose staff we're already short staffed as is with just job changes um, we a lot of us went to our senior staff and they listened and that's super important I mean on top of advocating for yourself, it is incredibly helpful to have a staff that also will listen and be receptive to this. But I do think that in this year and this last couple of years, mental health has become so much more talked about. And I think that's huge. Um, and I think the toll that the last year of the pandemic has taken on people, the toll of the race and social justice issues that are still ongoing, um, those are things that are heavy on people's heads and their hearts. And it doesn't make it any easier to then just wanna go write a recap at midnight or something it's I think people are going through a lot right now and it's not just work and I think being able to talk to your senior staff or being able to talk to them about it um, hopefully they will understand I think it's things that a lot of people even our senior staff was going through it they were doing it themselves and they were saying yeah I also need to take off days because I can't do this anymore either um, and I think everyone's going through it right now and I think that people are probably more open to talking about what solutions we can find so they don't lose a good employee and Katie, I, th I completely agree with you on that. You know, two things, one being we have to vocalize, um, you know, if someone's dealing with something, if someone needs a day, you know, I, I talked with my staff a few weeks back and I was like, hey, I don't know there's, I'm not always going to know there's an issue unless you tell me there's an issue. You know, I, I've been the head of the office here, it'll be six months from the day that we're, we're recording this. And um I don't know my, I mean, I, I've gotten to know my staff, but I don't know them well enough to know, hey, I'm thinking this right now. And I told them like, hey, be honest with me, talk to me. And if they don't do that, I mean, the people, whether you're an assistant director talking to a director, whether you're a director talking to an AD, you have to vocalize it. Yeah, and I'll add on to that. Um, I know in my situation, I'm at a conference office. So we, I've been working from home since last March. So some people at schools, obviously you see your senior staff on a daily basis they would have no idea my mental health other than us being together at our basketball tournaments for the first time in a year. Um, and so that's where the communication is so important because they don't know. And we're all so busy. And I hate to say that we're also, it's not selfish and it's not self-absorbed, but we're also busy with our own things that right now, a lot of us don't have the time to look around and like take stats of everyone else's health right now. Um, and so being able to go speak to someone, especially if you're still working from home, like a lot of people still are, um, no one knows, and they just assume if you haven't said anything that you're you're good. So it's huge to advocate for yourself, not just in this in every scenario, but especially right now in this. Going to you, Brian, to follow up on this, just kind of as someone who leads an office and has a, a substantial staff, how do you convey to them how they need to communicate with you? Well, in my office, I mean, it's always from day one. I've always said my door is always open. You know, we're we're one of the schools that are we have been back since we've gotten all our sports back. So I basically see my my GA, my admin, you know, we are we're just back like nothing ever happened. As bad as that is a cliche to say. But you know, I always tell them, listen, the job is the job is here right now, yes. But you know, how are you doing? That's the first question. I don't I don't ask you, hey, why didn't the recap go up or did you send out stats? The first question that I, I come in every morning is, how are you doing? 
because I feel, you know, if I tell you how I'm doing, you know, I'm not having a great morning. I got a flat tire or something like that. You know, it, you get a sense of what's going on in my, in my life right now. It's not, you know, hack files and stats and interview requests. It's, you know, something that's going on in my life. So I basically make it my, my mission every morning to go around the office, you know, um, socially distance, of course, in, in Wagner, um, to just say, how are you doing? And do you need to talk? Do you, you know, just try to carve out at least 15, 20 minutes. And if they said, no, we're good, you know, I said, are you sure? Because, you know, my door is always open. Yeah, we get in the crux of the day, as, Kay as Katie and Nada said, you know, we're busy with our own stuff. But I always try to make sure that the door is cracked open a little bit. You can peek in, say, hey, Brian, you got a minute. You know, I just got to run something off you. And I'll step in the hallway and we can talk. Or you can talk in my office. I excuse uh, the GAs, you know, for a little bit. And we'll, we'll just talk to see how you're you know, coping because, you know, like I mentioned, you know, May 18th, you know, personally, it's not a day that I like to, to reminisce on, but having to know that for the first time in my, you know, employment career that I was not going to work, scared, to be frank, it scared the hell out of me. I mean, it, it was just a, a daunting test to deal with. But now that I'm back, I, I've kind of seen it through a different lens that, yes, I'm still doing the amount of work that I was doing when I was here 40, 50 hours a week, but it's now on a, on a different surface. It's not, it doesn't feel the same. And I didn't, and I don't expect it to ever feel the same. I feel like we're now in that point where, you know, the work that we do is substantial, but it's also taking on a new meaning because it, for some, this is their outlet to, you know, relieve themselves of what's going on in their personal life. So I try to tell my staff to just be cognizant of that. You know, you might get a parent that, screams and calls you about a stat or why didn't why didn't you guys stream just remember that you know you got to make means work when you can but also we're dealing with something on a global level that you know nobody's seen in this lifetime so that's how we uh we approach it right now and yeah you know being the head of an office for the first time and kind of navigating this during COVID, i was talking uh week or so ago with a former grad assistant of mine, a former student worker at a couple of different places I was. And I said to him, like, I don't think you realize how different I approach this than I thought I would have when I was in this role. And, and Nate, just kind of to go to you on this, like, this is a very unique year to be leading an office. Sure is, especially for the first time. And uh, I've kind of, again, just kind of learning things about myself, learning how to help and pick up others, not only in my office, but across the hall, um, having a sitting down and having a conversation, like Brian said, or like an AT, and because they're going through the same things that we're going through. Or I have constant conversations with my AD, who's a former SID himself, and he kind of understands what, what I'm going through. And he's been the biggest cheerleader for me as I'm like kind of guiding me through, you know, leading for the first time. So just a lot of things that just, you know, making sure to make time for yourself, but also make time to talk to people around you and make sure that they're good. And it's okay. I know even though you're feeling down, it's okay to try to pick them up because you never know what that, you know, hey, you're doing a great job or, hey, do you need help with anything? I can help you break down something. I can help you pick something up. Uh, you never know what that could do for a person. And that kind of spreads like wildfire. Um, I know we, we're starting to have a culture here at Alfred, where we're just like kind of asking each other, hey, do you need anything? Hey, you okay? 
um, and it's kind of spreading. And I'm, I'm starting to feel encouraged by that. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of it, it's, you know, we're just trying to deal with the pandemic and, and trying to fight for ourselves here. But um, it's been it's been great, that aspect of it. Yeah, you make an interesting point there. You know, we're all dealing with similar challenges, whether it be an athletic trainer or a dobo or a, a strength and conditioning coach or a facility staff member. You know, I said to to my boss this morning, it was, you know, yeah, I had a tough Monday. Everyone had a tough Monday. Like, I'm not going to sit here and just be like, my Monday stunk. Like, everybody's did. So I think when you had that perspective that, you know, everybody's dealing with something. And maybe it's work-related, maybe it's personal, um, just kind of all being there for each other, I think is a great thing. And I think it's something that can help create better cultures in all of our departments nationwide. Yeah. And, and to add to that, and not only within your own department, but with your peers and in other institutions, I have constant, I'm in constant conversation with a number of members of, you know, the conference that I'm in, the Empire 8. Just, you know, we talk to each other pretty much on a you know, whether it's sending files, but within those messages of sending files, like, hey, how you doing? Hope you're doing all right. You know, hope you're having a great day. Um, hope you're surviving. Little jokes here and there just to kind of pick each other up. And I think that helps and, and just kind of doing whatever you can to help out the other institution. If you can, if you can find the time to do so, I think that's been a key, you know, thing for us. Yeah. And I mean, we've been on, this is probably the 317th Zoom I've been on in the last uh, 12 months and change, but some of those Zooms we've been on, it's things like this, where we're able to, you know, help other people in our profession. It's something where we were all stuck at home in the spring and summer and um, got to know other people in our profession. And we got to really understand, like, we're all facing the same challenges. They just might not be the same ones on every day. Uh, but another challenge, you know, that I think some people are dealing with it. You know, we've talked with the three of you who have been furloughed and wound up back to work. And there are still people who are trying to go back to work. And I think for the people who outright uh, were laid off or lost their jobs, uh, Brian brings up the point of May 18th. And for me, I think about the, the morning of August 12th when I had taken a couple of vacation days and I was like, okay, I'm gonna just take a couple of days here before football starts, good to go. and uh, was able to piece together a few emails one morning to realize what my 10 a.m. Zoom was about. And it was something, you know, Brian said it about just kind of evaluating like why. And, you know, I, I think talking with the three of you and so many people in our profession, I think we have people throughout our industry that work hard, that are dedicated, that care about our student athletes. And sometimes you just kind of have to look at it and like, at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with it's me. Like I, I sat there and throughout that day and as people were texting and calling, it was, well, what did I do wrong? Why was it me and not someone else? And at the end of the day, a lot of decisions uh, that administrators are making, that ADs and presidents and everyone are making, none of them want to make these decisions. These are things that are going to impact departments for a couple of years, if not longer. And um, I give a whole lot of credit to my athletic director for my past employer who reached out, uh, congratulated on me on my new job. And obviously unique situation where I'm in the same league, but I sat there and for that first day or two, it was just a case of what did I do wrong? And I think at the end of the day, for people who are fighting that same challenge, you likely didn't do anything wrong. It's just, uh, it's a pandemic, it's a financial crisis, it's so many things that have hit our industry. And for people who are still battling that and still trying to find their way through it, really lean on your network 
and really lean on the people who have helped you to where you are. I am so fortunate. I tell people I'm the luckiest people, luckiest person in our profession last year. I lost my job and wound up with an incredible opportunity. And I know not as many people have been that fortunate, but lean on the people in your network, lean on your friends, uh, get involved in COSIDA, get involved in social media events and Zooms and things like that because we have a lot of great people in this profession who really care about the work they do. And I think dating back to when I was an undergrad student worker, those are the things that really make our profession special is we care, we care about each other and we care about what we do. And as we go into another year and as we go into another fiscal year, uh, really advocating to our uh, administrators and our university administrators, two things. And one, is that there is an incredible value for your SIDs in your athletic department. And there's an incredible value for having them in the building 12 months because we've seen what I think was a lot of our fear over the summer, which was, okay, it doesn't look like we're gonna be able to play football in the fall. We're gonna be able to play field hockey and volleyball and soccer in the fall. So are we gonna play 20 sports in the spring. No, we probably won't do that. But then we realized, okay, we are going to do that. And I think there's always this case in our industry. And, you know, I think we're all around sports so much. So many of us have a sports background that we always want to find a way to get to that next game. We always want to find a way to get to that next practice. And I think that became the focus to the point where, you know, we got to make sure we're taking care of people. And my hope and my my focus in that is that we don't try and ever play 20 sports in a season again, or 32 as some of our league members are playing or uh, whatever it may be. And if we are going to play that, we need to make sure we're staffing our communications department, our marketing department, our video people. I, I think one thing I've learned in a decade of doing this is some people just don't know how much goes into a game day or how much goes into a preseason. And going back to what we've talked about a lot, and Brian, I want to bring you in on this is like, explaining to your administrators what goes into our job. Yeah, I mean, it's everything that you said, Miles. I mean, our, our seasons don't end, you know, uh, Memorial Day weekend and just magically, uh, you know, resume two hours before the first game. There's that June and July period where most people are, you know, going on vacation with their families or taking some time off, like really disconnecting themselves from work. I know, you know, in the conference that we work in, Miles, we are, it seems like it's a year round thing. Uh, you know, once the last out is made at Dodd Stadium, we're right back into football media day. So you turn around, and you're like, where did the time go? But you know something, you don't ever take that. I, I'm personally looking at it as not taking that for granted anymore. Um, and just, you know, rolling with the punches has been, kind of the mantra that I've set for myself almost every day. Every day seems like since we've been back, there's been updates and on the fly schedules that, you know, you just have to adjust. And it's not, you know, not only just for our staff and how we're going to cover the game, but it's also, you know, a toll on the student athletes, the coaches, the athletic trainers that you mentioned, the facilities people, you know, every, it's not just one aspect of college athletics that gets impacted. It's everyone here. And like you said, you know, just lean on your network of people and friends. I mean, like I said, Miles, we've known, we're fortunate to have known each other for as long as we do. But, you know, through this panel, you know, I got to hear stories from Katie and Nate, who outside of this panel, we just met, basically talked for the first time. And, 
you know, I realized that we're not alone in this. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. It's affecting everybody, but you know, now I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I can just now pick up the zoom call and say, Hey, Katie, Hey, Nate, you know, how are you doing? Are you, do you need anything for me? I know I physically, I can't probably do anything right now, but if you need me to help you write a recap story or a graphic, if you're running between five sports, you know, reach out, I'm there. Or if it's just to say, Hey, are you okay? You need time to just vent. I'm here. Listen. So I think that, it, you know, for me, that's, that's what I'm going forward with and uh, moving on with. I'm here for good knock knock jokes as well. Good knock knock joke. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, you know, Brian, you talk about how we can all kind of help each other um, and kind of holding each other accountable and just kind of reminding ourselves why we're doing what we're doing. It was funny. It was just last night, you know, I was speaking with Katie about something and she reminded me, hey, you're not going to solve this tonight. Get some sleep. And sometimes it's something as simple as that is telling someone it's midnight, shut the laptop solve what you got to solve tomorrow. And it's just that way that we can all kind of hold each other accountable that I think really helps things. Uh, another thing that I think really helps things too is, you know, a lot of why we do this is for the student athletes, the hundreds of kids on our campus or within our conference that we're really there to impact. And, you know, Nate, just kind of going off that, just kind of that reminder of why we do what we do and how it can help us through a time like this. Uh, you know, I think, and they've been the ones that have been pushing me throughout this semester, um, just seeing the great things that they did, you know, we had a tennis player playing her last matches this past weekend, and she ended her career with a win, and just the joy she felt, and I have a, a, a student worker with mine that is uh, graduating, and she, you know, she's had some health issues as well, and she got to play in a basketball game and scored the last bucket of the game, and it was just a tremendous moment. I called it a, a Willis Reed moment for her. Um, and she didn't understand reference. She's far too young for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it, they've been kind of pushing me and uh, I've been you know, happy to see, you know, they're taking the opportunities that they've had and they're making the most of it too. It's hard for them as well. You know, they're going through the stresses of being a student athlete in a pandemic. You know, they've had situations where they've been hunkered in their dorms for two weeks on quarantine or, you know, practices that have been limited or nothing at all have been on pauses, starts and stops. I told somebody like, I don't know if I would be able to be a student, let alone a student athlete, if this was my first year of college. So, you know, I commend them for, you know, making that opportunity and, and uh, making the most of that opportunity and, you know, kind of sacrificing a little bit of themselves as well. And, you know, whenever I feel like I need to complain or I'm just like feeling it, like, I just know that they're kind of going through the same thing too. And, you know, their joy is what brings me joy. So um, I'm trying to learn to kind of, you know, take that into consideration whenever I'm feeling down. Awesome, Nate, thank you. Katie, Brian, just wanna wrap things up here. Just kind of going through Brian, Katie, and then Nate, just something from this last year and from the challenges we've faced that can really help us improve in our own roles as SIDs and also help us improve our departments going into what mercifully, hopefully, will be a much more normal 21-22. I know for me, the biggest lesson is don't be afraid to speak up. I mean, this year is, you know, that's the one thing that I know, you know, at times I could be very, you know, quiet, you know, to contrary to a lot of my friends and people that know me. But um, 
you can't be afraid to speak up to your ADs and just vouch for yourself. If you're, if you need the time to get away, speak up, say, listen, I'm not well, you know, there are, you can't just like hide it and, and hope that it gets better. It, it's going to deteriorate. It's going to play with your emotions. It, you, it's not going to be beneficial for anybody. Speak up, speak up to your ADs. They understand too. You know, I know we lose, sometimes we might lose sight of it, but they're going through the same thing. They have the same fear. They have the same um, hesitations that you're, you're feeling. And if you just speak up about it, you know, it will probably work itself to a solution. I'll go next. Um, I think similar to what Brian said, I should have gone first um, is speaking up, but I will take it in a different route, which is speaking up to your network and the people around you. I mean, anybody who follows me on Twitter, especially but general social media knows I'm not afraid to talk about this kind of stuff or mental health. And I literally was tweeting about it last night. Um, and then once you talk about just kind of like maybe poor mental health or just where you're at mentally, what you're struggling with, I think you'll see how many people are in the same boat as you. And while it's sad in one aspect, you know, so many people are struggling. I mean, there's the age old saying misery loves company. Um, and I don't want other people to be miserable, but it, it is nice to know I'm not alone or we're not alone, you're not alone. That other people are struggling right now. You're not behind everybody because you're struggling. I know a lot of, I have major imposter syndrome a lot of the times. And I see other people and they seem like they're doing great. And I'm like, how are you handling all of this? Um, and so I think being able to speak out, but speaking out on just where you're at and whether that's to Twitter, to your followers on Twitter, like I am, or just to a couple of your friends and being able to say like, Hey, I'm not doing okay. And they might be like, you know what, me either. And you're like, okay, I'm not behind everyone. I'm not doing worse than everyone. I'm not slacking. I'm not any of this stuff. We're all in the same place. Um, and I think finding people who you can talk about that with, talk about that with, like Miles said last night, him and I were kind of bouncing back and forth of him talking about what he was dealing with. And then me talking about what I'm struggling with. And that's been my outlet over the last month when it's been rough for me is texting friends I have in the industry and being like, I can't, like, I can't take this. And they're like, you know what? No, you can. You're great. You're going to get through it. I already did it and I got through it. And, um, but I think just finding people you can talk to um, and whether that's in the industry or not, whether it's family, friends outside the industry, a spouse, whatever it may be, um, but just being open about it and looking for a solution within that and having people who will, will uplift you. Yeah, I'm starting to sense a theme here. Um, again, fighting for yourself, fighting for your, you know, just your place in the world here. I think it's so important. I think too many times, like Brian and Kate said, we, Katie said, we, you know, we're quiet. We kind of just keep to ourselves. We're not like willing to speak not only to our AD, but those down the line in other senior roles. And we, I think we as a, as the group have to fight for ourselves. Like that's a must. We should be fighting for ourselves and fighting for our jobs every single day. And we have to know our worth. Um, I think it's super important to understand that you are here for a reason. You were chosen because you are good at your jobs. And um, once you keep that in your heart, it kind of gets you through a lot of the bad times. Even when you're making mistakes here and there in the day or things aren't going right here or there, just know that you are here for a reason and you are worth it. Um, and other things is just kind of, again, finding your why. And if when you're feeling down, just like finding ways to kind of pick yourself up through inspirational stuff from other people or just having that conversation, like Katie said, with a friend. Um, but it's, it's just 
go back into going back to fighting for yourself. I think that's the most important thing right now. I'm about to run through a brick wall after that speech, Nate. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. Nate, I think you, you used a great phrase there. It's finding your why and reminding yourself, you know, we we have some incredibly talented people in this profession. We have people who care. We have good people who really love what they do and do it for the right reasons. And reminding yourself that you do have that worth. And as so many of us, including the four of us, have faced some of those challenges over the last year, remembering that we're in these roles for a reason. And we're in these roles because we can make an impact for others. And we love what we do. So I think that's, that's a, great, a great note to close on. Uh, Nate, Nate Smith from Alfred University, Katie Mucci from the Missouri Valley Conference, Brian Morales from Wagner College. Thank you for joining us. I'm Miles McQuiggan from St. Francis University. Thank you for joining us for our professional development and education, uh, continuing education uh, programming. Uh, we are glad to bring this to you. Definitely follow COSIDA on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram as we continue to bring you great things, get involved. It will help you. It helped all of us in where we are today. So definitely continue to get involved, continue to advocate for yourself and take care of yourself. Thank you.